0: text is found in verses 3 through 13. I won't reread those, but we'll read verses 1 through 13 and also 21 through 33. Exodus chapter 12 beginning at verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man, according to his eating, shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. He shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. And ye shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper doorpost of the houses wherein they shall eat it. And they shall eat the flesh in That night, roast with fire and unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs shall they eat it. Eat not of it raw, nor sodden at all with water, but roast with fire his head and his legs and with the pertinence thereof. You shall let nothing of it remain until the morning. And that which remaineth of it until the morning, ye shall burn with fire. And thus shall ye eat it with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and ye shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover, for I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and will smite it. Uh, And will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord, and the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Then we move ahead to verse 21. Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said unto them, Draw out and take you a lamb according to your families and kill the Passover. And ye shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lintel and the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin and none of you shall go out at the door of his house until the morning for the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians and when he seeth the blood upon the lintel and the two side posts the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come in unto your houses to smite you, and ye shall observe this thing for an ordinance to you, uh, to thee, and to thy sons after thee, uh, and to thy sons forever. And it shall come to pass, when ye be come to the land which the Lord will give you according as he hath promised, that ye shall keep this service. And it shall come to pass when your children shall say unto you, What mean ye by this service? That ye shall say, It is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover, who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt, when he smote the Egyptians and delivered our houses. And the people bowed the head and worshiped. And the children of Israel went away and did as the Lord had commanded Moses and uh, Moses and Aaron, so did they. And it came to pass that at midnight the Lord smote all the firstborn of the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sat on his throne, unto the firstborn of the captive that was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of Cattle, And Pharaoh rose up in the night, he and all his servants, and all the Egyptians. And there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where there was not one dead. And he called for Moses and Aaron by night and said, Rise up and get you forth from among my people, both ye and the children of Israel, and go serve the Lord as ye have said, also take your flocks and your herds as ye have said and begone and bless me also. And the Egyptians were urgent upon the people that they might send them out of the land in haste for they said, we be all dead men. That far we read in God's holy inspired word. May God bless that word to our hearts. (coughs) Beloved congregation and our Lord Jesus Christ, by nature we were all slaves to sin and to Satan and in that bondage in which Uh, into which Adam brought us, we deserved God's punishment. In that bondage, as we were slaves to sin and Satan, we deserved God's curse upon us. We deserved eternal death. But thanks be to God, He has provided for us, Jesus Christ, our Passover lamb. That's what we celebrate this morning in the Lord's Supper. By the Passover lamb, we have been delivered from death and given life. That's the picture given to us in Israel as God delivered them from their bondage, delivered them from the cruel bondage of Pharaoh through the Passover lamb. First God sent the nine plagues, And each time, Pharaoh hardened his heart more and more and refused to let Israel go. And finally, God would send one more plague. At midnight, God would send forth the angel of death throughout all the land of Egypt to smite the firstborn not just the firstborn of the Egyptians, but the firstborn of everyone in the whole land was threatened. But God provided the Passover lamb. He provided a way out for the Israelites. He, gave them instructions regarding that Passover lamb. And there's a picture that we celebrate this morning in the Lord's Supper. God provided for us the blood of Jesus Christ who delivers us from death and gives us life. So I want to consider that first Passover, taking that as our theme, want to note in the first place how the Israelites were threatened with death, how then God provided for them a lamb, and on that basis, not only delivered them from death, but gave to them life. The picture is given in our text, the picture of a horrible bondage. That picture is of the reality that you and I experience by nature. By nature, we were in bondage. Adam, by his rebellion, brought the whole human race into bondage. There's the picture of Israel and Egypt, they were in bondage, and Pharaoh refused to let them go. Indeed, instead of letting Israel go into the wilderness to serve God, he made their bondage more and more difficult for them taking away the straw from them and forcing them to make bricks even without straw. But what's so striking about that bondage is that not only did Pharaoh refuse to let them go, Israel themselves As they were under that bondage, they themselves would continue in that bondage. That's brought out in Exodus 6, verse 8, other passages as well. Exodus 6, verse 8, God tells them that he's going to deliver them. He says, I will bring you in unto the land concerning the which I swear to give it to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, and I will give it you for a heritage. I am the Lord. And how did Israel respond? Did they rejoice and say, yes, we want to go to that land? No. Exodus 6 verse 9 says, Moses spake so unto the children of Israel, but they hearkened not unto Moses, for anguish of spirit and for cruel bondage. They didn't rejoice over that message and say, yes, we want to go to that promised land. They wanted Moses to be out of there. That was a picture also of the uh, the horror of our bondage. Such is our bondage by nature that apart from the grace of God, you and I would want to continue in that bondage. Even as our cruel taskmasters made that bondage more and more miserable, we would still want to remain under that bondage. And in that condition, under that bondage, you and I deserved eternal death. And there's the picture in our text as well. The children of Israel, as they were in the land of Egypt, under that cruel bondage, they themselves deserved the death that God was going to send upon the whole land of Egypt. God would punish Pharaoh for his hard heart. God would punish all of Pharaoh's servants. But also the children of Israel were threatened by that very same death that God was sending upon the whole land of Egypt. Verse 12 of our text, God says that he would pass through all the land of Egypt and he would smite all the firstborn of the land. The firstborn of the Egyptians Even the firstborn of the animals and therefore also the firstborn of the children of Israel were threatened by this death. And the reality of that is that not just the devil deserves the torments of hell but all those who are in bondage to the devil, all those who willingly serve the devil. In the picture in our text was Pharaoh and his servants, but also those who are in bondage, willingly slaves to Satan. There's the truth. There's the reality that our text depicts that as we were under that bondage to Satan and to sin, we ourselves deserved eternal death. But thanks be to God, he has provided the Lamb, Jesus Christ. There's the picture in our text. And what's striking, that immediately after God expresses that threat of death, after he tells them that all the firstborn and all of the land will be slain, immediately after, he tells them now to prepare a lamb. He tells them about the Passover. Every household... In order to prepare for that plague of death that was coming, every household must choose out a lamb, and that lamb must meet certain criteria. It must not be a weak newborn, but it must be a one-year-old lamb that was in the prime of its life. must not be aged and weak either. A one-year-old lamb, and furthermore, that lamb must be without blemish, without any scars, without any broken bones, without any disease. That lamb, as far as they were able, Must be as absolutely perfect as they could find. What a beautiful picture of Jesus Christ! Jesus Christ, when he gave himself a sacrifice, was in the Crime of his life. And furthermore, according to the picture, he was without blemish. Never in his whole life had he spoken an evil word or done an evil deed. Never had he even had an evil thought. He was absolutely, perfectly righteous, an innocent lamb who even when he was brought to trial did not complain. He opened not his mouth in complaint. The Passover lamb was a picture of Jesus Christ. Not only must they choose out that lamb, out of the flock, out of among his brethren, as it were, but now they must also kill that lamb. That innocent lamb must be put to death. And then they must take the blood of that lamb and dip hyssop into that blood that was stored in a basin and they must put the blood on the two side posts and on the upper door post of those houses where they would be staying that night and they must not go out from those houses. When the angel of death passed through the land of Egypt that night. He would see the blood on those doorposts and he would pass over that house. He would not bring death to that house. Why would the angel of death pass over the house? because he would see that the payment had already been made. The death that was threatened upon the firstborn in that house, that death had already been brought about on the Passover lamb. And there we have the picture, the substitute. Instead of death being brought to the house, God had already smitten the lamb. And the picture is, of course, fulfilled in Jesus Christ. It's significant that when God had them kill the lamb, not only did he have them place the blood on the doorpost, he had them cook that lamb. He specifically gave them instructions, do not eat the lamb raw and do not eat the lamb boiled in water either. It had to be roast with fire because there was a picture that lamb must be taken whole. The legs, the head, everything together, including the inward parts, the pertinence, as the King James puts it. The whole lamb must be roasted with fire. And the picture is that Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, must experience the fires of hell. He must experience those torments of hell Body and soul in his whole human nature without a broken bone, as well, he must experience those torments in our place. And then that lamb that was roasted must be eaten. There was a sacramental meal. By faith, the Israelites would partake of that lamb, knowing that they were covered in the blood of that very lamb that was offered in their place. What a beautiful picture of Jesus Christ, who when he suffered in the darkness who when he suffered on the cross took all the fires of hell in his body and his soul and experienced all the wrath that you and I deserved not one bit of wrath remains for us. God put it all upon his son, Jesus Christ. And all who by faith seek our safety in that lamb will escape the torments of hell. not because of anything that we ourselves do, not because of our faith, but it's all because of the lamb, all based upon the merits of that lamb without blemish and without spot. By the blood, of Jesus Christ, we escape the death that you and I deserve. Not only that, but also on the basis of the Lamb God gives to us life. And there's also the picture as God went throughout the land of Egypt and smote all the firstborn. Through the Passover lamb, God also purchased redemption for his people. Whereas they were in bondage under Pharaoh through that Passover lamb, God redeemed his people out of that bondage so that Pharaoh even drove them out that very night and by that the Israelites were now free to serve all those times that God had sent Moses to speak to Pharaoh and to declare that message let my people go that they may serve me By the lamb, God purchased for them a life of freedom so that now they were free to serve God in the wilderness. By the blood of the lamb, God has purchased your freedom and my freedom from bondage. He has given to us, we who were dead by nature, bound with those spiritual fetters. He has given to us now the life of Jesus Christ and he has given to us freedom to serve him. Satan, of course, continues his attacks. And if he could, he would bring us back into bondage. But he no longer has dominion over us. We have been brought into freedom. And we are free to serve our God. In the wilderness of this world. And based upon the perfect sacrifice of Jesus Christ, He leads us now through the wilderness of this world and onward towards the promised land. Just as the Israelites were led through. The wilderness, onward towards that promised land that he said they would inherit. God leads us through all kinds of troubles and difficulties and sorrows, but on the way, he feeds us. He feeds us with the manna from heaven, he nourishes us unto life eternal. And then one day he will bring us into that land where he himself has his tabernacle, where we will fellowship and uh, experience friendship with him, even Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and fellowship and friendship with all of his people, that's what communion is about it's celebrating the fellowship and friendship that god has purchased for us by the blood of the lamb and as we partake of the lord's supper we see that his blood covers over all of our guilt and his body nourishes us unto life eternal. And to all who have that faith in Jesus Christ, he says, come to the table. Celebrate that communion purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. This time we'll turn in the back of our Psalters to the form for the administration of the Lord's Supper, found on page 91. in the lord jesus christ attend to the words of the institution of the holy supper of our lord jesus christ as they are delivered by the holy apostle paul in 1 corinthians 11 verses 23 through 29 for i have received of the lord that which also i delivered unto you that the lord jesus the same night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he brake it and said take eat this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come." Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. That we may now celebrate the supper of the Lord to our comfort, it is above all things necessary, first, rightly to examine ourselves, to direct it to that end for which Christ hath ordained and instituted the same, namely, to his remembrance. The true examination of ourselves consists of these three parts. First, that everyone consider by himself his sins and the curse due to him for them, to the end that he may abhor and humble himself before God, considering that the wrath of God against sin is so great that rather than it should go unpunished, he hath punished the same in his beloved Son, Jesus Christ, with the bitter and shameful death of the cross. Secondly, that everyone examine his own heart, whether he doth believe this faithful promise of God, that all his sins are forgiven him only for the sake of the passion and death of Jesus Christ, and that the perfect righteousness of Christ is imputed and freely given him as his own, yea, so perfectly as if he had satisfied in his own person for all his sins and fulfilled all righteousness. Thirdly, that everyone examine his own conscience, whether he purposeth henceforth to show true thankfulness to God in his whole life, and to walk uprightly before him, as also whether he hath laid aside unfeignedly all enmity, hatred, and envy, and doth firmly resolve henceforward to walk in true love and peace with his neighbor. All those, then, who are thus disposed... God will certainly receive in mercy and count them worthy partakers of the table of his Son, Jesus Christ. On the contrary, those who do not feel this testimony in their hearts eat and drink judgment to themselves. Therefore, we also, according to the command of Christ and the Apostle Paul, admonish all those who are defiled with the following sins to keep themselves from the table of the Lord, And declare to them that they have no part in the kingdom of Christ, such as all idolaters, all those who invoke deceased saints, angels, or other creatures, all those who worship images, all enchanters, diviners, charmers, and those who confide in such enchantments, all despisers of God and of his word and of the holy sacraments, all blasphemers all those who are given to raise discord, sex, and mutiny in church or state, all perjured persons, all those who are disobedient to their parents and superiors, all murderers, contentious persons, and those who live in hatred and envy against their neighbors, all adulterers, whoremongers, drunkards, thieves, usurers, robbers, gamesters, covetous, and all who lead offensive lives. All these, while they continue in such sins, shall abstain from this meat, which Christ hath ordained only for the faithful, lest their judgment and condemnation be made the heavier. But this is not designed, dearly beloved brethren and sisters in the Lord, to deject the contrite hearts of the faithful as if none might come to the supper of the Lord but those who are without sin. For we do not come to this supper to testify thereby that we are perfect and righteous in ourselves, but on the contrary, considering that we seek our life out of ourselves in Jesus Christ, we acknowledge that we lie in the midst of death Therefore notwithstanding we feel many infirmities and miseries in ourselves as namely that we have not perfect faith and that we do not give ourselves to serve God with that zeal as we are bound but have daily to strive with the weakness of our faith and the evil lusts of our flesh yet since we are by the grace of the Holy Spirit sorry for these weaknesses and earnestly desirous to fight against our unbelief and to live according to all the commandments of god therefore we rest assured that no sin or infirmity which remaineth which still remaineth against our will in us can hinder us from being received of god in mercy and from being made worthy partakers of this heavenly meat and drink let us now also consider to what end the lord hath instituted his supper namely that we do it in remembrance of him. Now after this manner are we to remember him by it. First, that we are confidently persuaded in our hearts that our Lord Jesus Christ, according to the promises made to our forefathers in the Old Testament, was sent of the Father into the world, that he assumed our flesh and blood, that he bore for us the wrath of God under which We should have perished everlastingly from the beginning of his incarnation to the end of his life upon earth, and that he hath fulfilled for us all obedience to the divine law and righteousness, especially when the weight of our sins and the wrath of God pressed out of him the bloody sweat in the garden where he was bound, that we might be freed from our sins." that he afterwards suffered innumerable reproaches that we might never be confounded, that he was innocently condemned to death that we might be acquitted at the judgment seat of God, yea, that he suffered his blessed body to be nailed to the cross, that he might fix thereon the handwriting of our sins, and hath also taken upon himself the curse due to us that he might fill us with his blessings and hath humbled himself unto the deepest reproach and pains of hell, both in body and soul, on the tree of the cross, when he cried out with a loud voice, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me, that we might be accepted of God and never be forsaken of him? And finally confirmed with his death and shedding of his blood the new and eternal testament that covenant of grace and reconciliation when he said it is finished. Secondly, and that we might firmly believe that we belong to this covenant of grace, the Lord Jesus Christ in his last supper took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave thanks. It to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. In like manner, also after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and said, Drink ye all of it. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you and for many. For the remission of sins, this do ye as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. That is, as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, you shall thereby, as by a sure remembrance and pledge, be admonished and assured of this, my hearty love and faithfulness towards you that whereas you should otherwise have suffered eternal death, I have given my body to the death of the cross and shed my blood for you and uh, certainly feed and nourish your hungry and thirsty souls with my crucified body and shed blood to everlasting life as this bread is broken before your eyes and this cup is given to you and you eat and drink the same with your mouth in remembrance of me. From this institution of the Holy Supper of our Lord Jesus Christ, we see that he directs our faith and trust to his perfect sacrifice once offered on the cross as to the only ground and foundation of our salvation, wherein he has become to our hungry and thirsty souls the true meat and drink of life eternal For by his death he hath taken away the cause of our eternal death and misery, namely sin, and obtained for us the quickening spirit, that we by the same who dwelleth in Christ as in the head and in us as his members might have true communion with him and be made partakers of all his blessings of life, eternal righteousness and glory. Besides that we, by this same spirit, may also be united as members of one body in true brotherly love, as the holy apostle saith, for we being many are one bread and one body. For we are all partakers of that one bread. For as out of many grains one meal is ground and one bread baked, And out of many berries being pressed together, one wine floweth and mixeth itself together. So shall we all, who by a true faith are engrafted into Christ, be all together one body through brotherly love. For Christ's sake, our beloved Savior, who hath so exceedingly loved us, and not only show this in word, but also in very deed towards one another. Here to assist us, the almighty God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, through his Holy Spirit, amen. That we may obtain all this, let us humble ourselves before God and with true faith implore his grace. O most merciful God and Father, We beseech thee that thou wilt be pleased in this supper, in which we celebrate the glorious remembrance of the bitter death of thy beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to work in our hearts through the Holy Spirit that we may daily, more and more, with true confidence, give ourselves up unto thy Son, Jesus Christ, that our afflicted and contrite hearts through the power of the Holy Ghost, may be fed and comforted with his true body and blood, yea, with him, true God and man, that only heavenly bread, and that we may no longer live in our sins, but he in us, and we in him, and thus truly be made partakers of, of the new and everlasting covenant of grace that we, not, uh, that we may not doubt, but thou wilt forever be our gracious Father, nevermore imputing our sins unto us and providing us with all things necessary as well for the body as the soul, as thy beloved children and heirs. Grant us also thy grace that we may take up our cross cheerfully, deny ourselves, confess our Savior, and in all tribulations with uplifted heads expect our Lord Jesus Christ from heaven, where he will make our mortal bodies like unto his most glorious body and take us unto him in eternity, Whereof we make confession with our mouths and hearts, saying, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only begotten Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead and buried, he descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. That we may now be fed with the true heavenly bread, Jesus Christ, let us not cleave with our hearts unto the external bread and wine, but lift them up on high in heaven, where Christ Jesus is our advocate at the right hand of his heavenly Father, whither all the articles of our faith lead us. Not doubting, but we shall as certainly be fed and refreshed in our souls through the working of the Holy Ghost with his body and blood as we receive the holy bread and wine (coughs) in remembrance of him. While the table is being prepared, we will sing the first stanza of 249. 249, the first stanza. be exalted and extolled, and be very high, as many were astonished at thee, his visage was so marred more than any man, and his form more than the sons of men. So shall he sprinkle many nations, the kings shall shut their mouths at him, for that Which had not been told them shall they see, and that which they had not heard shall they consider. Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. When we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. bread which we break is the communion of the body of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Take eat, remember and believe that the body of Jesus Christ was broken for a complete remission of all our sins. 53 verse 5 but he was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our iniquities the chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed all we like sheep have gone astray we have turned every one to his own way and the lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken, and he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul, and shall be satisfied by his knowledge, shall my righteous servant justify many for he shall bear their iniquities. cup of blessing which we bless is the communion of the blood of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Drink ye all of it, remember and believe. That the blood of our Lord and Saviour was shed for a complete remission of all our sins. Beloved, in the Lord. Since the Lord hath now fed our souls at this table, let us therefore jointly praise his holy name with thanksgiving, and everyone say in his heart, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. Who hath not spared his own son, but delivered him up for us all, and given us all things with him. Therefore God commendeth therewith his love towards us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, be now justified in his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if When we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son. Much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Therefore shall my mouth and heart show forth the praise of the Lord from this time forth forevermore. Amen. Let everyone say with an attentive heart. Let us pray. O Almighty Merciful God and Father, we render thee most humble and hearty thanks that thou hast of thy infinite mercy given us thine only begotten Son for a mediator and a sacrifice for our sins, and to be our meat and drink unto life eternal, and that thou givest us lively faith, whereby we are made partakers of such great benefits. Thou hast also been pleased that thy beloved Son, Jesus Christ, should institute and ordain his Holy Supper for the confirmation of the same. Grant, we beseech thee, O faithful God and Father, that through the operation of thy Holy Spirit, the commemoration of the death of our Lord Jesus Christ may tend to the daily increase of our faith, and... Saving fellowship with him through Jesus Christ, thy Son, in whose name we conclude our prayers, saying, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil.